So this episode is sponsored by SanchDesigns.com, a t-shirt business owned and operated by me. The site features Loteria mashups, Star Wars characters like Han Cholo, Princess Loca, and Arturito, podcast designs from the Brothers Bear podcast and 88 miles per hour podcast, and some fun fan fiction designs like Depeche Mode or SpongeBob SquarePants and the Infinite Sadness. Plus, we have baby, toddler, and kid sizes, so your kids could be walking around in an 88 miles per hour podcast shirt. Use promo code PODCAST to get 15% off your order. And yes, this is a real ad. So if you want to get yourself an 88 miles per hour podcast t-shirts, we have the actual logo that's written in the style of the font of Back to the Future or the new picture design that we have, go to sansdesigns.com. And when you go and check out, make sure to use promo code podcast and you'll get 15% off your order. And make sure to follow Sanch Designs on Instagram. That's Sanch underscore designs. It was on this day in 2014 that we lost one of the greatest comedic geniuses of our time, Robin Williams. So as a tribute, we'll be giving you two bonus episodes. One being a segment that was originally recorded in November of 2012 for my original podcast, The Brothers Bear Podcast. We talk about two films that never get any love, Jack and Toys. The second bonus episode is our revisit of Mrs. Doubtfire, originally posted July 17, 2020. So now let's fire up those time circuits, set it to the 90s, because today we're traveling back in time to pay tribute to Robin Williams. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Hello, buenos dias, buenos dias, buenas noches. We are here live once again here with Sal and Freddie Morales here in the 88 miles per hour podcast live from my casa and he's also on your casa, right? We're following yes. the rules. Yeah, we are. We're at home. <laughs> Is that a good introduction? No, you know what? All right. Imagine you just got on stage and you're about to bring the show. Give me that. Give me that. Let's see how that sounds. <laughs> Welcome to the 88 miles per hour podcast with Sal and Freddie Morales live from their casas because we are still under this lockdown and we need to wear our masks. And that's why we're away from each other to bring you this live entertainment show. Wait, did you call me Sal? Did I call you Sal? It sounded like with oh, Sal shit. and Freddie. I don't know. We'll... <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of 88 Miles Per Hour Podcast. As Freddie introduced us, this is 88, the episode 121. We got a new a new month. Well, technically, it's in the middle of the month, but we're basically it... Sal. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start over. All right, so let, let's do this. Take three, ladies and gentlemen. All right, here we go. And let's give them a countdown in five, four, three. 
Hello and welcome to another episode of 88 Miles Per Hour. I'm Freddie Morales with my compadre and good friend Santos here to bring you another great show from our house. We are not together and we are just broadcasting this from our casitas. <laughs> <laughs> I do, man. I called you Sal earlier. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We got a new month going on. It's I know it's the beginning. I mean, it's the middle of January. Of July, but the way I base it, I fe- it's of the the four episodes. Um, we are going to be doing something new this month. We are going to be doing the Robin Williams tribute. We've already done Jim Carrey. Now we're doing the Robin Williams, and uh, the reason why is because on August eleventh, it was the day of his death. So it is our tribute to Robin Williams. Uh, I just recently posted the video, and I mean, um, not a video, but it was your picture. It was your picture and uh, what's it? Yeah. The, the little audio clip from episode 116 of The Liar Liar. Freddie yeah. talking about when he met and played any DJ for Mr. Robin Williams. Yeah, that was amazing, bro. And by the way, I just saw the documentary yesterday, his latest one, and it's on HBO. Yeah, that, ooh, that's a good one. Bro. Did you watch that? Yeah. yeah and uh, that. I got teary eyed at the end because not only did I love Robin Williams as a, as a comedian because i i grew up watching his comedy um you know from where he started with richard pryor from you know going from the sunset strip comedy clubs to the big screen and i just followed him and also from him being really funny to going into his more dramatic roles um like the dead sports society that was like a great great movie I don't know. I just been kind of just in the robin williams uh mode this past few days and uh that's just an amazing documentary. Hey, man. bro, you gotta, you got to turn off your TV. Someone just got run over by a car. <laughs> hey, that's every day here on Melrose, bro. I was like, you're talking, and I just happened to catch the TV right now, and they showed, like, a clip of someone, like, someone has, like, a red car, and the person's, like, running away from the car, and they literally run them over. I was oh, like, my Oosh. God. Like, yes. that's why I was like, dude, this is like, what is this, Primero Impacto? That's what my dad used to watch all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, that's pre- Primer Impacto here in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. Um, yeah, I'm going to turn it off. yeah. Because, uh, yeah, and, and right before that, they showed, like, a, ta- a tractor tire crash into someone's car. Like, I was like, oh, crap. See, stay in your home, dude. It's too dangerous out there. Back on 93, we're still here. And it's time to get to the the movie at hand we're going to be doing this week. We're going to be doing Mrs. Doubtfire, ladies and gentlemen. Hello! This movie was released. When the hell was it released? It was released November 24th. Oh, so it was like a, uh, a Thanksgiving movie. Yeah. 1993. Uh, it was a budget of $25 million and it boxed. It was actually the second highest grossing film of that year. Right behind, well, not right behind. Jurassic Park was the highest grossing film of 1993 with like 900 and some odd million dollars. And second place was Mrs. Doubtfire with $441 million. So even though it was the second film... It, I mean, it was behind Jurassic Park, but 1993 was a huge film for the 90s. Uh, when it came to Mrs. Doubtfire, I saw this movie as a again every week, dude. I can, I can, I could connect with that movie theater commerce. We saw this with Robin Hood Men in Tights over there in Commerce. In oh wow! Look at that! <laughs> wow! So yeah, so I Dos remember. Por uno. Hell yeah, dude! So I remember it's like. <laughs> Robin Hood Men in Tights was first. I remember that. We saw Robin Hood Men in Tights first. 
And then the second film that played, obviously, was Mrs. Doubtfire. And Mrs. Doubtfire, I mean, it's a great film. It's 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 just basically, it's a family who, uh, the husband and wife divorce. He's, he's basically, basically a loser because this guy can't hold a job. He's a bad husband. But because of the, because of the way his thing is, he has no money, no place to live. He can't see his kids normally because of the separation, the divorce. So what does he do? He decides to create this character and we miss Deathfire. And he goes and he does that. Hello, I'm Mrs. Deathfire. I'd like to meet my kids. Hello, Mrs. Hillard, I presume? Yes, I'm Miranda Hillard. Euphigenia Doubtfire. Oh. So there you have it. So that that's literally what the movie is. And the whole time he's just playing this double, double life, trying to visit his kids. So yeah, that's the movie. Um, actors in it is Robin Williams playing Mrs. Doubtfire and Daniel. Oh, Miller. don't forget, we also have the cool little guy, the James Bond character who was you remember him? Oh, yeah, yeah, Mr. Pierce Brosnan. Well, that's what oh, I was doing. Oh, his lovely eyes, Pierre <laughs> With every with every actor that I give in, you got you got to do Mrs. Doubtfire, right? All right, and then the next act we have uh, Sally Field. Oh, Sally Field, she was so such a bitch to me, but it's okay. We worked together. I had a good time. <laughs> we had a uh, who played uh, Daniel's brother, Harvey Firestein. Oh yes, my brother. There was a he my brother. I forgot. I need my meds. He's the yeah. He's the one that creates the makeup for you, Mrs. Oh Delphi. yes, it's been such a long time. Oh my dear, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I need some. Do you have some sativa, my dear? I need some sativa. Thank you very much. <laughs> Well, Mrs. Doubtfire, you get high? <laughs> oh, yeah, I get high. I, I am a modern woman now. <laughs> you know, in order for you to be on top of the things in life, you have to be on top of things. And I do not have nothing on top of right now. <laughs> you also have your three kids. Uh, one of them is played by one of the famous Lawrences, Matthew Lawrence, the middle child from the... He's a little prick. A little prick. Yeah, uh, yeah, he is because he 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 throws like he p- shoots a bunch of milk and on like some little sheep when they're they have that freaking farm outside. Yeah, uh, I was like, hey, dude, don't be doing that to the sheep. He's like, what are you doing? What did it take? <laughs> and he also had little Mara Wilson with her little lisp. Oh, she was so cute, little little girl. Uh, and also you have Lisa Jacob. That was the older daughter. She was Lydia, right? I don't know. Oh, what happened to her? I have no idea. I, I, all I remember her was she was in Independence Day, and then that's it. I haven't seen her in anything, but it looks like she's acted in a lot of stuff until 2000, and then she stopped. She has nothing after 2000. And then, of <laughs> course, obviously, Pierce Brosnan, and you got a, a few you know, other actors, but those are the main leads that what we got here. So, Mrs. Doubtfire, sir, what, what can you tell me about this movie? What, what do you love? What do you remember? Because every time you're always like, I was on a date. Were you on a date when you saw this guy? Actually, I, actually, I was. I was 24. Oh I was 20. <laughs> Dude, I was 24 when this came out. Yeah. I don't know if I went on a date. I don't know. I don't know if I'm this one. But, uh, you know, it's funny how you, 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 you're mentioning about the character. Uh, I didn't see Ryan Williams as a loser. I just saw him as a struggling actor trying to get like any – See the arts. The arts are the arts, and I think uh, when when the industry gets involved, you know it's hard out there. And I think uh, he was just trying to be, you know, the good dad and trying to be the good husband. But yeah, you know, I think he was just enjoying life with the kids. Because I think think about it during that time. I remember there was a high rate of divorce. A lot of divorces were, yeah. were happening in the in in the nineties. Well, so th- this 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 kind of movie put that kind of like 
what was going on during that time that, you know, families were being separated because now, you know, both uh, male and female had their careers and, you know, one career does work and the other work, the other career wasn't working and, and it created problems within, like you saw here on Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Well, no, the reason why I said is because there's a part where Mrs. Doubtfire, well, when he's as Mrs. Doubtfire, so I'll just call him Mrs. Doubtfire. When he's Mrs. Doubtfire and he's talking right, right there to Miranda, they're in the kitchen and he starts asking her about like, you know, Daniel, like, oh, how was it? What happened? Why did you guys divorce? Blah, 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 blah. And she starts talking about when they were first together, the love and the type of person he oh, was. Oh, yeah. Daniel. Was, Daniel was like a love. He was all there, but. Yeah, and and then and then he starts mentioning. She starts saying how like in their whole relationship, he can never hold down a job. Like that was the one thing he can never hold down the job. Now, when you mentioned it, when it came to the entertainment side, it's like I could kind of see that. I'm like, you know what? When you're in the entertainment business, you're based on gigs. You're you're constantly jumping from one gig to another gig. Exactly. So maybe that's what that was. But see, in her. okay, go I, on. Know, I don't want to cut you off, but the thing is, is that holding a job. That is a job already. See, that's that's my. I'm an artist, and I've been told, "Hey, you can't hold up a job." Hey, I got. I'm. <laughs> what do you mean I can't hold up a job? It's a fucking contract. The contract yeah. finished. I got to go out. I don't go to an eight and eight of eight to five job. That's exactly. I don't do that anymore. That's not my life. Mm -hmm. So when people say you can't hold, no, it's just it's it's. I don't know. I I, I kind of have a different feeling about that, but you know. Um, no, but I see maybe, it like you. You know what I'm saying? You understand yeah, see, what I'm saying? I, I I'm, seeing, I'm looking at it as a male because I also there's a female side to it. And I just saw uh, I like, mean I I get that. It's I guess for her, she she saw it as in like look, look, cause I'm gonna see it both ways. I'm gonna I'm gonna see it in her perspective and I'm gonna see it in his perspective. All right. So let's let's put it based on, on hers because she divorced him for a reason. So with her, she sees it as in look, you're trying to go down this career, but you're you you know you're not going anywhere. You're constantly jumping from job to job to job. Like we don't know if they're gigs or what, like he does a contract, he's there for four months and then that's it. He's done. All we know is in the beginning of the film, he couldn't do the script because the, the bird was smoking. He's like, <laughs> my lungs, I can't, oh no, I can't, I can't breathe, you know? And yeah, then yeah, he, yeah. what does he do? He walks out. Yeah. Instead yeah. of being like, look, his ego, that. He had an ego. He had an ego, ego got in the way. But he it shouldn't have because it's like she's the one, she's the main breadwinner. She points that out. She's the one that has a job. She she's constantly working. So for her bringing in the money, she has all of that. And then this guy instead of being like, you know what? I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to do this scene because I need to bring in a paycheck. I can't rely on her to pay for everything. He decides to be like, fuck, you know, I'll be fine because she pays for we'll be fine. She makes enough money to handle both of us. So F this, I quit. And you know what? Get the it was placed San Francisco is a very expensive place. Hell live. yeah. Okay, so so they were I mean, their income was woo. So, um but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I looked at it like that, like, okay, well, but one thing, okay, but one thing he did was being there for his kids. And yeah. I never, Robin Williams really showed the love. And it's just amazing because you fall into, wow, it's like, God, he really loves his kids. He would do anything for his kids. He don't care about, he's just, I mean, and you don't see that nowadays. I mean, you're a father and there's 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 parents who have kids and they don't even feel like that. They're like, ah, get yeah. rid of my kids. No, but here in reality, in this film, he just showed his love. 
And then he wanted his family and, and thinking, and that's why Mrs. Doubtfire came into the picture because that's how crazy your mind gets. I was like, well, I'm going to do something where, you know, I'm going to, you know, make sure I can be with my kids and then I have to do this. Well, I'll do it. And if I were his shoes, I would try, I wouldn't be, I would, first of all, I wouldn't be in that kind of situation where I have to change. I would try to make it work. And, and that's one thing about this film. It makes you learn to have a better communication with your partner. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's. Well, see, that's the thing because when she starts saying all of these things to Mrs. Doubtfire, the reasons why, like, you know, it's like he, it was, for instance, like they never, they were always, when she was talking to Mrs. Doubtfire, she points out that the fact that it's like, oh yeah, like he, he couldn't be serious about stuff. Like he was always making jokes. He was, it was always an act for him. So on and so forth. Like, you know, the whole holding down a job, like, it's just like, she stopped having fun. She started taking things more serious. Cause like, all right, we need to have, you know, I need to have a career. We need to bring money. We have family, blah, 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 blah. But you know he what? That... Like a child. And, and what happened is, um, wait, what were you going to say? No, no. And exactly. I mean, and it's still today. I mean, there's always one, look, there's always one that we also, well, we need partners. Cause there's one that kind of, we all sometimes slack off and they're like, Hey yeah. man, you, you got to get back in the boat. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, uh, yeah. It's, I mean, it sucks because I had a point and I lost it. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm sorry. I hate it. No, no, no. It's all right. It threw me off. That's why I was like, I, I cut myself off. Go like, oh, what were you going to say? Because I was like, I cut you I'll, off. Maybe, and my... maybe I'll remember. I cut... <laughs> and I was like, I because you, you sounded like you were kind of like, I forgot what I was going to say. So maybe he'll say it. <laughs> um, no, and I fucked I, it up. I, I guess I guess what it is, is... Um, uh you know i don't know all i know is that like the the gig aspect is like we don't know in the entertainment business i know this is how it is uh you know this is how it is is that you a lot of times unless you are in the level of the actual mr robin williams or whatever or or uh, like a big time director producer whatnot if you're at his level in the film he's just contract based and he's only going to be used for the amount of time and he's always going to jump to job to job to job but that's not necessarily someone who's just like oh i keep getting fired i can't hold down the job she makes it sound like that but we never see that all we know is in the beginning of the movie he up and quits is that just he does that a lot <laughs> we don't know it's just an assumption so she got tired of that but you know as a kid when i watched this movie i thought her him having that party is was like for him to for her to be like oh my gosh like like i'm just i can't be with you because of the party exactly but it took that but it's like you know what's the kids you're more you know she sounded much more interested in her career than her damn kids it's like you know what you get over it it's like okay well let's help clean up and then you have dinner in the night no my my girlfriend (laughs) pointed that out bro my girlfriend pointed that out okay in the argument in the argument in that part when they come home and he's helping clean up because she's freaking like she comes home with a freaking cake for her kid. She wants to do happy birthday, and then what freaking happened? You know, like she just it's, gets all pissed off. Yeah, but the thing is, because he had it, he did it bigger. She wanted to do something her way. It's controlling and he be, too. He in beat a way. her to it. Exactly. He beat her to it. You see that within their relationship but where what? I, yeah, he always goes overboard. Like she kind of points it out because in that argument when they're fighting, she mentions that like you you get to have all the fun. I have to work. Blah blah blah. And they start, and then she's like. It's over, Daniel. They break up, so on and so forth. So she's always pointing out that he gets to have all the fun while she has to work. 
Okay, my girlfriend pointed something out that I, I, I was like, holy shit. So we rewound it and then listened. Okay, there's a part where um, Daniel shows up to to pick up the kids or something. Right. Or no, that when Daniel, remember when when the, the the next time she visits the apartment, it's all nice, it's yeah. pretty, blonde, and then he goes, hey, give me another chance, so right. on and so forth. And she's like, no. And then she he he's like, oh, let me take care of the kids. Let me watch them. And then she's like, no, it's like, wh- it's like things are much better now that Mrs. Doubtfire is helping now. Like, I get to come home early and spend time with the kids. I'm like, why, why would Mrs. Doubtfire make her come home early? She mentioned that she's always having to work. She doesn't get to blah, blah, blah. Like, what, why is it that now? It's like, why couldn't she just come home early before? Only that now that Mrs. Doubtfire is there, she comes home early. It's like she was choosing not to come home Be- early exactly. and spend time with the kids. Exactly. She didn't want to come home to Robin Williams because she exactly. was like, oh, what are you doing? When are you going to come home? I'm working here late. I'm Daniel. I'm, uh, you and know, so she there. was the one that was neglecting <laughs> her family being her kids. Yes, because exactly. Because she out. And then my girlfriend's like, and then so, yeah, like we had to rewatch that. We're like, yeah, what the hell? Like, why Why would Mrs. Doubtfire change the fact that you're coming home early? What is Mrs. Doubtfire doing with your job that's causing your job to allow you to finish faster? Nothing. All she's doing is cleaning the house and watching the kids. So that makes you come home early. Like you get to come. So I, I think it's like, honestly, she just fell out of love. That's all it was. Yeah, You know what? She was just done. Dude, with she was doing uh, uh, James Bond, man. Come on. Dude, the moment she, she like, she's like, of course, she's like, oh, my God. You know, this is exactly what happens because <laughs> before we meet James Bond, like remember when, when she gets the call. Uh, from by the, the way, neighbor, by the way, this is yeah. our, by the way, our, our viewers are going, why are they calling the other guy Pierce Bronson James Bond? Because he was James Bond. Yes, I'm he plays James that. Bond. Yeah, so that's why we're calling him James Bond. <laughs> so his character in this movie is called Stu, but we're yeah. just going to call him James Bond. Okay, Stu. so in the beginning of the movie, when, when when you know, freaking Daniel, Robin Williams, Daniel Hillard gets fired. He picks up the kids from school, and they do that freaking party with the whole house is a mess. Kids are dancing on the table, so on and so forth. Okay, the neighbor calls the wife yeah as she's calling the wife um right before the the phone is answered that's when her like boss or whoever says like hey such and such is coming in the town he wants to meet with you and he's like and he asked for you specifically and you see her face like oh what oh yeah because they you they knew each other exactly she remember she remember that chorizo yeah, so you know. For <gasps> oh my fact, God, that Chorizo's calling me. Oh my. Yes, that's why she moved on so fast. Daniel didn't. He Daniel still cared about her. He he didn't want a divorce. She did. So the reason why it was so easy for her to divorce because at that point she already moved on with her feelings. She's already interested in someone else. Exactly. She doesn't care. She wanted. So she didn't like, want that Chorizo anymore. She's like, I want exactly. a new Chorizo. So, this so Chorizo is like, all worn out now. <laughs> So 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 that's why he's like, all right, I need to figure out how to get back, get with my kids. Because when they go to court, it's like, that's it. It's like, you don't have a job. You don't have a place to live. If you get all this situated in six months, boom. So it's like, all right. So that's also, why. Also, that part where the judge says, you know what? You're very sincere in your apology. But I don't even know if you're real because you're mm. an actor. Maybe you're acting. And that's really sucks right there. Because he's like, no, I'm not acting. This is me, my heart. I'm laying it out on the table here for you, judge. Well, blah, 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 and whatever that. Oh, yeah. At the end, that sucks. Like, yeah, because yeah. that was the, the after he gets found out as Mrs. Doubtfire. When he gets found out, um, 
What you got? Sorry, I just got distracted. Okay, 10 a.m. Oh, it's on the 14th. What's the 14th, bro? That's tomorrow. Sorry, it's because like I just got a text from my girlfriend for my my son has a doctor's appointment. I'll make sure. Welcome to intermission. So uh, I'm not sure where I left off with Mrs. Doubtfire, but all right. Oh, so we're Mrs. talking about the relationship, but the thing that we're talking about, you know, uh, uh, their relationship, and that she moved on with James Bond and she was already happy, already not, not even trying using yeah, Robin quick. Williams. Oh, oh yeah, she was quick. I mean, that, you know, she was like, I'm ready for that new chorizo, you know? Yeah, like, and, and see, you know what? All right, here's here's a huge plot hole, bro. Okay, check it out. So when she visits Daniel the first time, when he goes, they're my goddamn kids too. Remember that scene? Right, right. All right, so when he says, why were you late? And she starts pointing out, look, I had to go to the bank. I had to go to the paper. I got it. He's like, oh, why are you going to the, he's like, are you putting out some personal ads or something like that? And she's like, if you had, I had to look for a nanny and they'd have that whole discussion. I could watch the kids. Oh, please. Like, I'll think about it. He's like, well, may I see the ad? And she's like, hey, they're my kids too. Like, can, he's like, I have every right. Right, she right. gives him what what does he do when she when she has him the paper he crosses it out doesn't he 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 the phone number he adds a four oh that's and an right eight. yes so four so for the yeah <laughs> he changes the number he changes the numbers okay. as, as as just imagine what why would he do so, that so 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 they don't get the nanny so he can get in that's what exactly he, right yeah exactly so they don't how get, many how many Phone numbers are listed on there. Just one main number, right? Yeah, back then it was just one. It wasn't yeah. like five or 15 okay. or 20. Here's the, here's the issue with this movie. The next scene, it's a montage somewhat of a montage oh. where she starts getting all these calls, right? And he's all like, hello. You know, he's like, I am Job. You know, all this and yeah. that, correct? Yeah. She yeah. gets a phone call in her car. She gets a phone call at work. She gets a phone call at home. That is three separate numbers, and she only wrote down one number in the paper ad, and he only messed up one number. So how the hell is he calling her from three different numbers if she only listed one number? <laughs> wow, you already dig down on that one, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Oh, man, maybe it doesn't have to make any sense. It does. Well, I mean, I get that for the uh... film, but I want to look at it. Like, oh yeah, he wouldn't be able. No, to you want you want real life. <laughs> you want a real life. Fun. Like, like I get their movies, but this is the fun aspect of it. Where you know, and and that's why it doesn't. It's like how how would he call her? Her, she'd be like, wait a minute, how am I getting a call on my cell phone? I didn't list my cell phone. How am I getting a call from work? She should have figured it out. But that whole scene, it loses, it, it loses it all right there from that plot hole because at no point. Did she list any other number? She didn't list her work number, nor did she list her cell phone number. So that's why, like, right there, it falls apart. But no one pays attention because all we're focused on is, like, when he's all, like, calling in as, like... Yeah, my name is Ilsa Immelmann, and I want to know how many children do you have? I have two girls and a boy. Oh, a boy. I don't work with the males because I used to be one. Hello? Don't make me get the hose. Hello. I am Job. Do you speak English? I am Job. I'm sorry. The position has been filled. Oh, what a nightmare. But Robin had, had great voices. But uh, you know what? It's funny. I'm like, 
I didn't see it that way. I kind of just was so into Robin's character that I was so drawn that I just wanted to see what his his next move was. You know, and he's an actor, correct? Yeah, he's an course. actor. His yes. wife, his he's wife playing knows himself. he's an actor. Yeah. Okay. How you're telling me in the 14 years that they've been together that he's never done voices around her? Like, how did she not figure out that was him? Exactly. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's part of the. You're yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear I, you. Because I, I was like, you know, I watched this with my girlfriend. And I was like, if I started doing voices, like, you think it freaking... She's like, I know it was you right away. I'm like, when yeah, you do yeah, terrible yeah. voices, but if I knew you were doing the voices... I'm like, exactly. If my job is being an actor and knowing that she says it to Mrs. Doubtfire at one point in the kitchen, that he was always just... He could never be serious. He's always just being funny and telling I mean, jokes. But you know, he did voices. That's all he yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. But I think you know what I think. I think is also too. I mean, you know who that person is by looking at the eyes. And I'm pretty sure she would have figured him out if it was really him. Well, she says that your eyes—they seem very familiar, or something like that. Yeah, right? but you know, it's very close. I mean, if I were to see someone, I'd be like, "Whoa, this is really weird." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like if, but, if if my kids got taken away and I had to dress up like like one, he got lucky that his brother works in special effects. Like he got lucky. If he didn't have a brother, what the hell would he have done trying to go? Oh my god, I love that scene where he's trying all these looks and there's one of Barbara Streisand looks. Yeah, <laughs> the big nose and, and the little then, like Jewish woman. Yeah, and, the little Jewish woman. Oh, I look. Oh my god, it's just hilarious. Like, oh, I look, I look so scary. He's like, don't you think this was scared of the kids? And then that's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then his brother was like, guys, hilarious dude. He's got that deep voice. Hey, hi. You know, it's got that deep, yeah, deep voice, Yeah, raspy. he's always had that raspiness of that hey, voice. Hey, hey, what are you going to do? Yeah, hey. he, there is something I read in an interview where he said he got casted because uh, he, was doing a, he was doing a play. And Robin Williams went to go see the play. And Harvey Firestein found out that they, were, they wanted a cast uh, that his brother in the movie was going to be gay. So Harvey Weinstein, he went up, uh, Harvey Firestein, he went up to uh, freaking Robin Williams and said he was interested in the part. And I mean, that's what I read. I don't know if that's true, but I read that. So I'm like, if that's how, that's awesome. Mama. He took initiative and went up to him and said like, dude, you got to cast me. It's like your, your, your character has a gay brother. I'm gay. I would be perfect to play your brother. And he got the part. Oh, I think wow. that's awesome. Wow! Wow! Uh, I mean, all, like this when it, you know this movie, like the phone calls, like I, I don't have voices. Like, like how many voices can you do, Freddie? You know what? I really, I could just do. I don't know. I don't know. I really. You don't. got, you I got can't. your like that little like you know Mexican dad sounding voice. Yeah, I got like, but actually, it's like my uncle. My uncle had a really. Heavy. All right. Imagine, imagine you're you're Mrs. Doubtfire, like you're doing that that calling in, and I'm the wife answering. I want you to give me your best impersonation of a of a nanny calling in without your uncle voice. Hello. Oh, without the my voice, I just no. Do your uncle's voice. Oh, my uncle's voice. Yeah. Calling in. Yeah. For the job? Yeah, calling for the <laughs> job. <laughs> All right, you go. Hello? Uh, yeah, uh, hello. Hey, I'm looking for... I was reading the ad here. I estaba yes, aquí the para... Uh, for the children? The, yes, I, my kids. I'm looking for a nanny. That's correct. Okay, for the trabajo, for the to take care of the children's? Yes. Uh, what, what are the, your qualifications? I got all of them. I, I know how to limpiar los, los floors. <laughs> I know how to... I know how to, you know, clean the pampers. Do you know CPR? I know RPC. 
You know that one? That's, our, that's a Mexican style. Oh, why is that? What, what do you mean? It's better than CPR. Oh, it's more really? faster. Yes, yes, oh, it's yes. Faster. You know, yes, it's a technique you use in the neck. Can you also cook? Oh, my chile rellenos, the kids love it. They love it. <laughs> Especially the chelaquiles. Do you like chelaquiles? Yeah, I, I've heard of them. I think they're good. Oh, it's beautiful. You white people like them. All right, well, I'll get back to you. I'll let you know. You got my phone number, my page. I got a page for 888-666-6769. Okay. We'll get back. What and was your name? Uh, Sebastian Trujillo. All right. Well, I'll make sure to get back to you, sir. You have a very nice day. All right, you too. <laughs> that was awesome, man. I would have hired you like that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, how'd you get hired? The chilaquiles, they always yeah, bring yeah. me in. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that was great. Uh, that, was for my, that was my uncle. That was my one of my uncles. He was so hilarious. God rest his soul. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's so great. Like, when it, when it comes to the whole acting aspect of, like, him doing voices and all that, I love when he goes to try to get a job when he goes to the social worker yeah and then she's like what are your qualifications sir he's like i do voices you do voices, voices. And he's like, yes and he does all those things like i love <laughs> i uh, love the hot dog a hot dog uh, to this day i'm watching that with my girlfriend i'm like laughing because i love the hot dog where he does this little thing like that with his jacket oh yeah he's he really like... he literally looks like a hot dog <laughs> and like it's just I had a friend that used to do a lot of those things like when we were kids and he I like when he grabs that little thing off the desk and he goes Figaro. <laughs> I do voices. What do you mean you do voices? Well, I do voices. Yeah. We've come to this planet looking for intelligent life. Oops, we made a mistake. We're happy to be in America. Don't ask for a green card. <laughs> I want you in the worst way. Well, it's certainly a rough meeting, and it's not going very well for me, I'll tell you that. Hey, boss, give it a change. She's going to loosen up any moment. <laughs> Look at me right now, money penny. I want to undo that bow and get to know you. I'm crazy to make a deal with you! Nancy and I are still looking for the other half of my head. This idiot! This idiot! I'm sitting on a gold mine. Don't make me smack you, sweetheart. I'll do it. I do a great impression of a hot dog. Dude, that guy is just... I mean, if I need a good laugh... Like yesterday, seriously, bro, I was just so down just a little bit because of the world. And uh, even though it was a sad documentary, it, it, was, it was nice because there was an ending. You know, his son scattered his ashes in the San Francisco Bay, you know, and, and, and it's because, you know, San Francisco was Robin Williams' home. And it made me, it made me happy. He makes me happy, even though he's gone. I also did a trance song with his, this his. Uh, there's this speech that he's talking about life and to make your life spectacular. And he's really influenced me because when I did meet him, seriously, bro, that was the highlight of my life to meet Robin Williams. And for him, for him being in a private place, you know, he gave me a picture, bro. That was the gift because I wasn't supposed to ask him. He just seemed like always a fun person, dude. Like I'll 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 go down like a web of like videos where I'm like just went like at night when I can't sleep and I load up YouTube and I just see him on like you know freaking all the talk shows from going back to Johnny Carson to Jay. Oh, Lino. it's it's like, hilarious, bro. I mean, he's he's always how on. about 
watch that award where it was it was Jack Nicholson winning an award. Uh, it was tied with another actor, and he was, didn't get he didn't get this award. It was an Emmy or something, and he blew them away. Watch that watch that segment with uh, Jack Nicholson and Robin Williams award on YouTube, and just watch that. He was like a loser, but he ended up winning there. Because he even said, well, well, I guess I'm walking out with nothing here. And, you know, it was just hilarious because he had everybody rolling. And that's how Robin Williams is. He was just like very. And then they were thinking of doing Doubtfire too, which I don't think it would have worked, bro. And I'm glad it didn't. He didn't even want to make this sequel. Well, no, that that's kind of true and not true. In the beginning, yes. See, because this they started talking sequel back in 2001. So that's when they started talking about having a sequel. And they were asking about scripts. So when they asked him originally about... the In 2006 was the first time they, they had an interview with him. And uh, because before that, he was always unhappy with the script. And he was saying how, like, it doesn't make any any sense. It's like, in 2006, it said, the script they had just didn't work. The sequel stories involved Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire moving closer to Lydia's college so he can keep an eye on her. Um, Williams said if it, you know, if it was not going to be done right, then there was, it was not worth doing. And that there was not a sequel with him in it. So it, it went on to like years where they would kept trying and trying. In 2011, he said there couldn't they could never write it. They kept trying and it doesn't work because at the end of the first one, they reveal who Mrs. Doubtfire is. So it ends up being her for five minutes and then she transitions transitions into some old Russian woman. They they so far can crack it. Then in 2014, the director of this film, Chris Columbus, directed the original Mrs. Doubtfire. So he also did Home Alone. He did the first Harry Potter. So Chris Columbus is a big time director. He mentioned that they're they're finally writing a good script. It's coming out. And and he's even talked to Williams. Williams is interested. Everything's falling into place. This was 2014. So they're like, all right, awesome. So I think we're finally going to have this script. It says in 2014, it was announced that a sequel was in development, so it's actually going in development at 20th Century Fox. Williams and Columbus were expected to return, and Elf screenwriter, the, the who wrote Elf, uh, he helped write the script. No, he was hired to write the script. Sadly, this was April, okay, in 2014. Come August of 2014 is when Robin Williams died, and at that point, boom, it was canceled. So they tried for years, and yeah. He was not happy for the longest time. He's like, no, I don't want to do this if we can't do it yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. And it still wasn't going to be right. And he still, for me, I'm glad it, it, it didn't happen. Um, but yeah, Ron Williams got really, you know, he was really, did you know he was really good friends with, um, oh God, he was the director of, uh, it's the guy who screams. God, what's his name? Oh my God. Oh, I know who you're talking about. He's hey, like, hey. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah, he's really good friends with him. If you want to hear a really good interview, look up for Bobcat Goldthwait while he's on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. It was uh, it was on shortly after Robin Williams died, and they talk. Or you actually find the clips online. Yeah, exactly. So that's Um, the most. That's his out. The video clip you're talking about is uh, it was from the 2003. um, It looks like it was the. I don't know if it was the Golden Globes. It doesn't look like it was the Golden Globes. Uh, Critics' Choice Awards. So what happened oh, yeah. is that Daniel Day-Lewis, 
There you go. Gangs of New York, Jack right. Nicholson from About Smith, and Robin Williams from One Hour Photo. All three of them were nominated. While what happened was Daniel Day-Lewis and, and Nicholson, it was a tie. They both won. So uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, he gave his speech. And then at that point, Jack Nicholson was going to give his speech. The thing was, Jack Nicholson was high. He was completely out of it. He was <laughs> just like, he's like, I can't freaking talk. So what did he do? Yeah, he, he pulls his other nominee who's going to go empty handed was freaking Robin Williams. Yeah. So naturally inviting someone of that much man- manic energy and that level of razor sharp and improvisational wit was like throwing a Molotov cocktail into the dynam- dynamite factory. Williams came out of the gate swinging. Nicholson's accent um, had uh No. What did I say? I don't know. You could watch that clip. Just literally look up Jack Nicholson, Robin Williams, and you'll see it pop up. It's this clip. I've actually seen it. I don't remember how it goes. I would have to rewatch it again, but I'm not going to click it right now. No, Jack yeah. Nicholson goes up there and he's like, hey, man, hey, uh, you know what? Let's bring Walt- Robin. Come up here. And then Robin comes up and he's like, well, hey, it's nice to be here. Tied and um, the loser. And, you know, it's just like it was just comedy what he was. And then guess what? Also, uh Salma Hayek was on who was uh, the presenter for that award. I, so. I see her. I see yeah. her right there standing next to Daniel Day-Lewis. Beautiful. I love Salma. Yeah. She's, and oh, I, I, Yeah. So so if you want to check out that humorous part of it, uh, check, out, check out that clip. Um, going back to his little job application when he was doing that, I love the part where after he does all his jokes – she miss selner goes mr hiller do you consider yourself humorous and i love the line because it makes me laugh because like and he's just quick he's like i used to there was a time when i found myself funny but today you have proven me wrong thank you mr hiller do you consider yourself humorous i used to there was a time when i found myself funny but today you have proven me wrong thank you and then he walks like he exits stage left i so love I it like, oh, i love that part because it's just like it's like and it makes me wonder was that improv because they told me i mean they told me i read that they've said that they, they told have, you damn no, you i know I, saw, I was like what the hell i'm like i know you got connections eh? yeah I, I got the connections i know people <laughs> um that there's like many different versions to this movie because they have so many different cuts, so many takes. Oh, can you imagine yeah. how many cuts, dude? Those are the ones they 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 were just they had time to put in the editing well, room. But well, imagine the ones they they have like an R-rated version because you know how his comedy is. <laughs> oh, he, gets, he was always saying F's and this yeah, and that. They have an X-rated version because you know how he gets sexual too with his jokes. If you've ever seen his stand-up, he does get sexual. So they have like a PG version. They have a G-rated version that like they have so many cuts of this movie. Especially, um, yeah, especially if you check them out on Comedy Relief, which was one of the biggest uh, uh, charities. Uh, it was him. Yes, uh, during uh, the during. I mean, it was like '80s and maybe the early '90s. 90s. Yeah, they yeah, don't do it, was, it anymore. No, of course, no, no one can, bro. Not to that expect. You know, there were these were. It was Oprah. Uh, Oprah Winfrey. It was uh, Whippy. Whoopi Goldberg, yeah, and uh, Robin Williams, and uh, the other guy, Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal, very funny guy. Best friends too. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah. Like I, 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 speaking of voices, Billy Crystal said that when when Robin Williams went to get his uh, he, he had a operation. Uh, he had a, a really bad heart. His valves were all clogged up. Or yeah. Something. 
he, <laughs> he record he recorded like 15 or 20 messages for That's Robin in the, Williams. That's the documentary, right? Yes, that he said so when Robin would wake up, he can hear all those 20 messages. And then Robin would call him with also, you know, a certain character and just just, just, just the way they they were together and I mean that that's hilarious, bro. That's yes, if funny. if you guys have not seen this, it is called Robin Williams Come Inside My Mind. It was a 2018 yeah. documentary on HBO. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah, yes, that my story, man. that story, yeah, he it, Billy Crystal talks about it cuz he had such a friendship with Billy Crystal and Whoopi Goldberg, those three of them, um they they, they always like they, they would and, and the other dude the, the other, which other dude? The gold. What's his name? I keep forgetting his weird name. The guy he, he screams. Oh, oh, not the one you just previously mentioned. Billy Crystal? No, no, not the other. Robin the other Williams? Guy. No, the other guy. Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> God, we are so. I'm so bad with names. Are you saying Whoopi Goldberg? No, no, no. What other guy? Oh, no, Bobcat. No, but I'm talking Bobcat, about Bobcat. Yes, but I'm Bobcat. talking about those. Not, not him. I'm talking about those three from the 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 comic relief. Oh yeah, yeah, those three. That's yeah. what I was referring to. Okay, those sorry. Three. But yeah, yeah, check out check out that documentary if you haven't seen it. it. It's really good. Um, there's a lot of insight of Robin Williams. I mean, that's why, like, you know, this film originally was planned as a spinoff for Home Improvement. So this movie would have been a spinoff where, like, in the in the Home Improvement show with freaking Tim Allen and his wife, they separate. So Tim Allen's supposed to figure out a way, and he ends up being dressing up like a woman so he could still visit his kids. Tim Allen thought it was a stupid idea. It's not going to work. So they, they obviously passed on it. Yeah. This movie was going to become uh-huh. an actual movie. Yeah. When it was going to be a movie, at that uh-huh. point, they asked Tim Allen again, we want you to play the part. He turned it down once again. So then they said, well, why don't you play the stew part? You know, the part of the Pierce Brosnan. And he said no. So the whole time, he turned them down. So they brought in Robin Williams. And I, I honestly, this movie would not be the movie it is if it were him. If if, if freaking Tim Allen did this, nah. Like, it, it wouldn't be the same. Plus, Robin Williams, the way he is, he improvised a lot of lines. There's certain jokes. I love that, that he, part where I love that part where he's cleaning the house and dancing with the with you know with the vacuum yeah. cleaner, you know stuff like that. I don't see him doing those things. You know, no. Robin and, Williams' body language is so different from Tim Allen. And there's a famous story about that. Um, when I was a kid, it was all over the news that, that this woman was who was pregnant was in the theater and she was laughing so hard on that part where he's dancing and vacuuming. She was laughing so hard. She went into labor and she had her baby because she was laughing so hard from that movie. And I remember that was all over the news at the time. Oh, is that That's, Popcorn Sanchez? Is his name? Pop, popcorn Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> I read about him. It was like, where were you born? Yeah, because it was like, oh, I was born in a movie theater. Pop, popcorn. I landed, I landed on popcorn, so my mom called me popcorn. Popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, look, it's a fun movie. It's fun to see Robin Williams dressed up as a woman uh, and uh, a cute grandmother. And, oh, little boys. Little boys. Very sweet. Yeah. And uh, enjoy it, man. Have a good time. And yeah. I'm. I can never get tired of watching. I can have that movie in the background. Yeah, it's 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 all in all, it's a good it's a good flick. Oh, uh, let me say one thing too. Sally Fields, by the way, Sally Fields, great actress, and she really brought that that 
script to life and being that role. And uh, Sally Fields, you know, she's, if you guys don't know, look her up. She worked with Burt Reynolds. She was, uh, she's, hey, uh, Tom Hanks with uh, yeah. freaking Forrest Gump plays the mom. Yeah, yeah, great actress. And she, so. she plays that character so well in the movie, uh, Miranda, because it's like, all you do is you just like, just give him a chance, give him a chance, let him. But she's playing that character from anger because she's so mad at him. Yeah, and she wants him. Like, yeah, and that's what, you know, women are like that. Women are like, hey man, get your shit together. I got my shit together, and exactly, I'm, saying, I'm defending that woman, and that's good too. I'm not saying yeah, hey. because she 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 has every right to feel the way she does. Yeah. If like she she's she's focused, she grew up. It's like all right, we had our fun. Like there's now we gotta like you know come on we got we got kids we got three kids you know what but it's true I mean unfortunately there's people <laughs> who don't grow up no. and uh, they stay in that mode and that's why you watch these movies so you can get your shit together yeah especially nowadays in because... which he did it took the divorce for yeah. him to change his life because one he gets a job as a shipping clerk in which. I used to think it was that easy. Like, oh, that's freaking awesome. I could just go to like one of these job placement agencies, tell them I want to work in the industry and I could get my foot in the door and, and ship out films. Like he got that job. I'm like, what a lucky bastard. I remember I tried and they just looked at me like, yeah, I want, I, I, I love film. I want to work in film. And they could never give me a job. Instead, I give me a job like at UPS or some shit. I was like, what the hell? No, I want to work. I want to get a job like him, you know, in which if he, if he never got that job there, he would have never gotten lucky to meet the boss who was the production like manager or whoever. Because remember, he's watching that little kid's show. And then that old man's like, the dinosaur. Uh, that guy's so Urgh. funny. Oh, my God. That guy's so boring. And he's like, yeah. And I like when Rami was like, like, wow, this guy blows. He was like, really? And he's, he didn't know that he was. He said yeah. something like that. Right? He's like, he what like, kind of moron would keep this guy on the show for this long? He's like, I would. He's like, oh, crap. <laughs> okay should i believe he said he did no he's like I I, i'm assuming there's a there's gonna be a job opening soon he's like yeah maybe <laughs> but <laughs> then, then he saw the reality of what robin williams was was uh because it was all empty so he went over there and he started doing his little you know i'm a raptor i eat everything you know what i hate i, I I'm, I'm gonna say this about robin williams the one thing i've always hated about him whenever he tries to get when he starts like doing rap, like he's rapping, he always what he does it in this movie, and I've seen him doing it in interviews, like with Jay Leno and stuff. He always goes yo yo yo, and he does his arm cross every single time. I know he did it in the movie RV also. Like it drives me crazy because he thinks like whenever someone's rapping, they always say yo yo yo, and they cross their arms, and it drives me nuts because he okay. does that with the Raptor. I know, he's but like, the reason yo, why yo, that's yo. '80s rap right there. He that's his signature when it comes to like all right, RV is 2006 and he does it in that movie because I remember it was in the trailer where he goes, Oh, yeah, so I mean, now come on, he just it that's his that's his go to, and I don't know, it just makes me cringe every time. That's his signature. See, you're talking about it. He left an imprint, he left an imprint, yo, 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 but it drives me crazy. And he does it twice in the movie, he does it later (laughs) on. Because that's when he get because he sees him and he claps his hands and he's like I like I want to hear your ideas I want to see your plans and then obviously it has to be the same night at the same restaurant like I don't know why he didn't fight more to say no he didn't even have to give her a reason he could have just told her I can't be there I'm sorry I'm busy or I have to do something else like I don't know why he <sighs> do it I'm getting I'm getting flashbacks of the film I love the dinner where he's going back and forth. 
and he forgets his teeth. He's like, what's wrong with you? He's like, oh, they're, they're falling. <laughs> oh, dude, it's just, that is the most. And then going back in the bathroom. You know what's when funny? He, it's like when he goes in the bathroom, he uses one of the stalls. And isn't it funny? Like no one went into that stall. Yeah, he leaves his stuff. <laughs> well, leave their stuff there. I know it's but it was just like but it's part of the movie. But that scene going back and forth. Oh, but my someone God. like see that's why if I if I go to the bathroom and I see a bag and all this stuff next to the toilet, I would walk out and be like, "Hey, someone left all their stuff there." I would notify someone because I'm but a. See, they made it look like I was so busy because nowadays that wouldn't fly. You would no, see no, me no. walking. That would not fly now with cameras and all that. That's the freedom. And we no had one's in- using the bathroom. How I know exactly, right? No I know you got like a full house out there, and there's one lady putting her lipstick on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, in reality, there's a freaking line because the bathrooms are always busy, man. Exactly. Like, they're, they're like, they're giving out tickets. Hey, what, what number are you? I'm number five. Oh, man, I'm going to shit myself. You know? <laughs> Hurry and up. I, I love it. I am you know, going to shit myself or I'm going to get my chicharrones. <laughs> The part that's funny in that scene, though, is when he's still wearing his mask. So when he turns around and looks in the mirror oh. and he scares himself. <laughs> oh, yeah. <gasps> I love that. And it's cool. And then, you know, he, he's so drunk that he shows up to the guy. And oh, that boy, he's yeah. like, what are you doing? He's like, huh? He's like, are you, why are you dressed like a woman? And then he, and he oh. looks down. He's like, he's like, he realized he effed up. He's like, he's like, I, he's like. And that's when he's like, meet your new host. He's like, what? He's like, I yeah. this is that far on the hip hop and it's a yo yo yo. Yo yo, I told you. <laughs> yes, I know. And the hip hop and the yo yo yo. And then that's when that's when he because he puts uh, the pepper on the the shrimp, so he starts choking yeah. on the. He shrimp. was allergic. He's like, oh, oh, yeah. So when he starts choking, talking, oh my god, he's choking. He's choking. Somebody help! I'm coming. I'm coming there. And he saves the day. And then boom. That's when all comes revealed. When his teeth fall out into the cup, they said that was that was improvised. So their reactions are real reactions to that scene. Um, but yeah, it's all in all, the movie's like good. There's a lot of cool stuff. We left out the part with like when he, you know, the cake. Remember when she comes and visits him and then he has nothing to like look for and he puts his face in the cake. Oh, totally, totally. She's like, "What are you wearing?" Oh, it's my, it's my cream. Every you know, makes me everything he said in there was improvised. All of that was wow. improvised. Like that, the scene was planned, but everything was. And by the way, by the way, I what you, that lady. Remember that lady? She also worked with Jim yeah, Carrey. We, we, she was in Liar Liar, Miss Selner. Yeah, Miss Selner. It was yeah. it, all in all. Like I said, man, this movie's good. It, it, it has a good message, and I love because originally the studio fired the writer. Because they hated the ending. And they're like, we need a new writer. We need to write a happy ending. And they they did it. They wrote the new ending, all this and that. I don't know if they filmed it or not. They probably did. And they were, they were like, no. Because it's giving the impression that things are always going to work out right. And parents will, could get back together. And they're afraid it can give that bad idea to kids. Being like, oh, see, my parents could work it out. So they went back to the original ending. They got the, the writer back. He wrote it back in. And yeah, because... As a kid who, who, you know, if you go through divorce, you don't want to see that where like thinking that, oh, your parents will, it's going to work out in the end. And I like the way they ended it where he's talking on the show and he received a letter from a kid saying, my mom and dad, they divorced, what's going to happen? And everything he yeah. says is so great because kids tend to think it's their fault 
or since their parents don't love each other, they probably don't love them anymore. And I like the way it leaves on such a positive message. It's such a, it's, it's such a good film a, a, as a whole. Yeah, it has its little issues that I've noticed, little plot holes, but as a whole, it's a great movie. You see him become a better person too, you know? Yeah, and you know, look, we all, we all went to Mrs. Doubtfire in our life. And I think that Robin Williams showed us because Robin Williams is just a big heart. He was a big, hairy heart. It was weird. He was a very hairy, hairy person. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but Robin just had I me. Mean, I, I, I'm just telling you because when we talk, I met him and I got to spend like three hours with him, like just watching. So you get to like, I don't know. It just, it was just, you know, seeing him in his doubtfire and bringing that character to life and also, you know, with the positive message because during that time yeah you know kids are confused like well do my parents still love me yeah we still love it we just can't live together and or they blame it's a themselves. learning process or they blame themselves exactly. because the so, the, the, I mean, the the son he did that he's like if i if only i didn't have a birthday party all of this would be fine and he tells them no right. like this was this has been happening like the, the the birthday party the it was the nail in the coffin for her Cause she was done. He, he wasn't growing up and he was just living the way he was. And he thought everything was great. The only thing yeah. is, is that going back to that one scene, she, Mrs. Dalfire asked Miranda, like, did you ever tell him this, how you felt? And she says, I couldn't because whenever I would try being serious, he didn't want to, he never liked getting serious. So you could be like, well, why didn't she speak up? She tr- she tried, but he never would. She tried fixing herself. She tried doing things, making things work. But he's the one that couldn't. He, he And that he should have been serious. He should have been able to turn it off. Because I've met people like that where they can't turn it off. They always have to be on. They're always trying to be funny. And it gets annoying, dude. It gets, it's like, dude, okay, I'm trying to have a serious talk with you. You don't have to keep making jokes. Like, and, and it, so, you know, I understand that. But all in all, again, this movie's great. It's a, it's a good way to start the month with, you know, Jim Carrey. I mean, Jim Carrey, what the fuck? <laughs> with Robin Williams. So, Mrs. Doubtfire. So, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It's this week's Mrs. Doubt. If we left anything out, please contact us. Write us. Like, hey, you guys didn't talk about it. And I could do it in the shout-out sex- section for next week and let you Section? Yeah. The section. <laughs> and bring it up. Oh, you're a little nasty little boy. You, he said section. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week's Song of the Week, uh, like always, I try to connect it to the film in some way, be it the year it was released or maybe something connected to the way the movie was. Last week, I gave you Obsession with the Obsession from the Cable Guy, how he was obsessed with, you know, Steven. This week, this movie was about divorce. It's a family going through divorce, but not necessarily just a couple. It involved kids. So I thought, you know what, what would be a song that I could do that's about divorce? So my song that I'm going to be giving you is Depeche Mode's Precious. This song was was part of the Playing the Angel album. It was a single from that. It was actually the first single from Playing the Angel. This the album yes. was in 2005, October 13th. So yeah, it's 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 a great song. This song I feel is very heavy drums. Like they 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 do a lot of drums because they started focusing on live drums. So it's 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 a really good album. But this is very this song from this album is the one that just sounds like classic Depeche. Very synthy keyboards, drum machines. Uh it's it's yeah, it's, very simple, very Depeche earlier, but a beautiful song. I love singing it, um, and it's a favorite. Yeah. 
It's a favorite to many. It says Martin Gore wrote the good choice. Yeah, Martin Gore wrote this song about his divorce from his wife and the impact it had on their children. Gore said that his marriage had become a charade and felt awful about letting it get to that point. So, isn't that weird to know that Martin Gore was going through that and he writes a song about it and then we all pick it up and love it and now it's like part of our Depeche Mode canon. Yeah. It's crazy, right? I mean, that's what's so crazy about you know music. yeah you pull something and it's like it's to them it, it means something or they pull it from a diary or something and it just means so much it's like that's why like like one of the things i've always heard about it was um from the red hot chili peppers under the bridge um when they were working with rick rubin uh he saw his journal and he's like dude like what is this like he's like oh that's just some personal stuff he's like you need a you need to sing this you need a and that's what Under the Bridge ended up being. It was about him, his addiction, living in L.A., being just yeah. all high all the time. And it became like a massive hit for them. And it was such a personal song because it was just something that he wrote in a journal. And the producer happened to see this journal and said, like, dude, there's a song here. And it's kind of like right here. He, he's going through a divorce with Martin Gore right here in the song of the week going through a divorce and seeing what the impact is having in his kids, he writes this song. And that's why I chose this song because I thought it was the perfect song for this movie, for this pick. It's about divorce, but not just adults. It features a kid. This movie is a divorce that impacts their children also. So I thought it was it was just the best song to do. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm giving you Depeche Mode's song from 2005. The song is Precious. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that's all we got for you, for the, you this week. Check us out next week. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment, everything, interact with us. Um, I totally forgot about the fan questions on Instagram. I'll bring it up next week, ladies and gentlemen. You're all probably like, hey, where's the questions? I totally forgot, but we're out of time. I have to go to work today. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Any last words, sir? Be safe, wear a mask, and be good to each other. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you have a great time. We had fun getting our job interviews, telling people that we're hilarious, we're funny. Then we got some jobs as being a nanny. But it's okay because I think it's time we get into our DeLorean and travel back to the future.
This has been a Brothers Bear Network production.